following is a repeat show that was previously broadcast on Unity FM. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Unity FM 93.5 after this commercial break and to Parenting Hour, where we're talking this evening about asylum seekers and the difference between asylum seekers and refugees and how we can make them both closer together. And we have Janet King with, with us, which is wonderful because over the break, Janet was explaining a few things to me that I didn't understand. And we also have Hamid with us, who is an asylum seeker uh, living in Bromsgrove. And he's going to tell us a bit more about his experiences, along with 135 others that he's living with, and how we can compa- campaign this evening to try and get some laptops, some devices that you may have that you're not using, that you that have been out of date, that have been sitting there, and with a little bit of help from the Bromsgrove welcome refugees and others, we can get them up and running and give them out to these people to be able to use them and and help them to contact uh, contact others. So, Janet, I'm going to bring you back there and please, uh, can you clarify, because I think maybe I've confused people before the break and mixing up the difference between asylum seekers and refugees. So maybe you can clarify first, please. Yes. <laughs> um the, this government, oh, well, the, our country um, has over the years taken a lot, quite a lot of refugees. Um, many of our families in the Birmingham area uh, have a background uh, of um, a heritage which is not from this country, that, that actually came as refugees themselves. They came to do work here. Many of our uh, doctors in uh, in the West Midlands uh, do come from a, a, an overseas heritage and uh, and play an in, invaluable part in in in, um, in our lives um, some people came as students and were allowed to stay because they they found work um, so many people came for work some people came uh, through the um, United Nations scheme which I mentioned earlier um, and particularly, this was offered to uh, the Syrian families that we welcome and work with um, because there was a, a real need for them to um, to to leave the um, the country. Um, some the, the eligibility for that particular scheme was quite tough. Um, that vulnerable um, uh, meant uh, in some cases medically vulnerable. In some cases, they had suffered violence during the, uh, the civil war in Syria and, and had actually had a very lucky escape and were lucky to be alive. Um, and uh, so they, it was not always very easy for people with on the surface with no real problems in their lives, um, people with jobs uh, doing quite well, but who wanted to leave the country because they knew how dangerous it was. It was really difficult for them to be accepted on a scheme that was only taking 20,000 people. And there are millions of people who were displaced, either displaced in their own country or displaced to other areas and to refugee camps in um, the surrounding areas, uh, countries like and Jordan. And some of our families actually came from refugee camps in Jordan. But because they had been accepted by the government scheme and by the United Nations uh, scheme, they were able to come as fully-fledged refugees. Now, refugee status means that they can work, they can be employed, they can drive, um, have a driving license, uh, they can claim benefits. They can do all the things that we can do here, um, and, and rightly so. 
and they can work towards citizenship if they wish after being here for five years. Being an asylum seeker is is more difficult. Um, There there is no right to paid work for an asylum seeker um, whilst they wait for their leave to remain. The the goal of an asylum seeker is to get the um, designation, to get get leave to remain, which means that they can then um, start um, looking to the future, planning their career, yes, getting a driving license, finding work and looking maybe towards citizenship if that is what they would like when when they've been here again for five years. Um, And um, that, it starts with a screening interview. If at the screening interview for the um, the Home Office Department uh, dealing with immigration, if that passes, if that is successful, um, and all of the asylum seekers in our hotel that was successful, or else they wouldn't be here, um, they then are um, they then look forward to what they call a substantive interview, and in this area that would be at Solihull Hull Reporting Office, the Home Office uh, base in Solihull. Hull. Um, if they pass the substantive interview, if they're, that means that they are accepted as refugees and they, they will have a, their future will be here. Um, they will then move from the Home Office's protection to uh, they will be able to find housing uh, in the ordinary way, uh, local authority housing or housing association or um, eventually or rented, private rented property. Um, and they will be able to... Um, to find paid work. As asylum seekers, they can only work as volunteers. And actually, voluntary work is a little difficult at the moment because of COVID. <laughs> um, but there, there are opportunities for voluntary work that do help to keep people um, active, involved, and meeting people and improving their English by working alongside English people. But when a lot of people, apart from key workers, are working from home, it's, it's not quite as easy as it has been, but that will come again and it will be possible for the asylum seekers in the Bromsgrove Hotel to, to find voluntary work. But it will be voluntary, so it won't help, it won't help them to plan for their future financially. Uh, as soon as they get leave to remain, that all changes. Um, so this is what um, everyone is aiming for there. Um, what, to get that, they have to prove that they... Um, were in in danger in their own country, or that there was some kind of persecution, or that they were in danger of violence or even death. Um, And so that is what the interview will be about, this very long substantive interview. Um, And they do need to find a solicitor. Um, It's really difficult for someone who tries to um, conduct that interview, to go to that interview without the preparation work uh, of a really good solicitor. And we're lucky in Birmingham in that we do have some very good immigration lawyers, solicitors who help. And there are some who are still able to offer legal aid because that is an issue, um, isn't it? Um, If you don't have any money, uh, how do you pay for a solicitor? And this is why some people have to represent themselves. Uh, So, we are able to give some information and Migrant Help is, is a, a, a good organisation working in the Bromsgrove Hotel and um, mostly at the moment virtually, but um, who can give some help in finding uh, a, a solicitor. So that is what an asylum seeker is looking for and working towards. Um, so how do we help? Well, 
uh, we the first thing that we realised um, uh, above and beyond just basic necessities like uh, like um, clothes and and then the um, laptops and phones. Um, we noticed that some of the young North African men were going out and they'd found a public footpath near the hotel and they were running. And my goodness, could they run? And some of them, I'm sure they're Olympic standard. <laughs> Amazing. Um, that one young man who looked just like Mo Farah. And um, so that little group would run. Um, and we then realised, oh, would it be a good idea uh, one or two of our members, our group members, also run, are members of running groups. Would it be a good idea to have a weekly fitness session um, and then encourage people who didn't run and who weren't quite so fit uh, to um, to come along and join it? So where could we have that? It wasn't, uh, we were told it wasn't possible in the hotel grounds, fair enough. And uh, so we, we found a playing field. It was a public playing field. Uh, so there was no payment involved. And this is a free a free session every week, every Tuesday morning. And we use a, a local playing field within walking distance or running distance, in their case, of the hotel. And there's quite a group. There, there is a group. Um, unfortunately, with the very strict lockdown we have now, that group is no more. But the group, the people are still there. But it's just that uh, we can't have the, the hold the sessions until things lighten up a little bit. Um, hopefully, what Easter? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, later, that they will they will come together again, and it helped a lot. And it also meant that they they talk just talking, and they they found we found out from them what their individual needs were, and um, it wasn't necessarily things like clothes. Um, it was uh, well. Do you have a dictionary? An English Tigrayan Tigrayan dictionary? Well. I have to admit, I'd never heard of the Tigrayan language, and I'm really ashamed. <laughs> I'm now trying to find out what it's like, what sort of a language it is. Uh, but uh, it's, a North Af- it's an African language, and th- this is what they were asking for. So it was very obvious that they really wanted, were serious about learning English. This is their future. And so we have just started, or are about to start next week, um, some ESOL classes and these will be on Zoom, uh, and using our teachers for, who've been working with our re- refugees, but also a wonderful, wonderful new group. And I must mention Joe Dyer and her team, um, uh, who uh, were set up specifically to help the asylum seekers in the hotel. And they're called um, Supporting Our Bromsgrove Asylum Seekers. Um, they started on Facebook they they just uh, their facebook page is very well worth visiting um uh, just appealing for help appealing for volunteers and they have now hundreds of volunteers and they've been running bazaars clothes bazaars um in a local church hall again that's sadly on hold at the moment so we're just taking individual requests and getting them posted into the hotel but um so so we had a, a monthly bazaar that started in a car park uh, because uh, we were, again, we weren't allowed to go inside uh, for safety reasons. Uh, but uh, uh, then we found um, a, a church hall um, and very, uh, Joe. I, I must say a huge thank you to her. Uh, she's a brilliant organiser and she 
uh, made sure she had a ticket. Um, it, uh, it was all organized by ticket. People were coming in uh, in small, very small groups, um, everyone wearing masks, hand sanitizers, everyone giving their uh, email addresses or a, t- a telephone number, um, if no email. And uh, so we were able to, we knew who, who was here. And also um, telling us what their needs were if they couldn't met by all the goods that we'd, all the, you know, the goods that we'd assembled for the bazaar. So there were clothes, there were toiletries, loads of toiletries. My granny flat still looks like a warehouse. And then we realized we did need a warehouse. So we found, um, uh, we've well, a Boy Scout hut <laughs> uh, when we were able to put all our uh, all our things in a Boy Scout hut, and then we moved uh, fairly recently to a church um, not far from the asylum from the hotel. So we have a, a warehouse of goods there ready for when people need them. So, so that's uh, um, that's what we've been doing. Wonderful. You've been doing a lot indeed. And what do you think people listening in this evening, how can they contribute? How can they support this if they feel that, uh, and we'll come back to Hamid in a few minutes, but just before we go back to him, what do you feel, Janet, people could do? What's essential? What, what, what support would you like? Well, if someone's listening from the Bromsgrove area and they've been at all enthused by what we've said and see a need, then they can they can volunteer. Um, and they can volunteer either by getting in touch with Joe Dyer of supporting our Bromsgrove um, asylum seekers, and that is going straight to that to that uh, Facebook with that name, or they can get in touch with uh, Bromsgrove and Redditch Welcome Refugees, and that's uh, no, info at, through our email, info at brwr.uk. So two ways of getting uh, of joining two slightly different groups, but working working together. Um, yes, um, I, I, we still need lots of clothes for men. <laughs> um, we have we had a, a lot of lovely women's clothes donated, and lots of baby. Uh, we've had uh, how many babies since the asylum seekers arrived? Uh, we had baby twins who actually came back from the hospital to the hotel. We were a little bit concerned about that. Um, and I believe they're still at the hotel with their mum. Uh, and then we had we had a baby boy and two baby girls of people who were actually moved out of the hotel before baby arrived. So they had time to to get to know the midwives in the area and to register you know, with, the, with the local uh, maternity uh, hospitals so all are doing well all are doing well mums and babies uh, so we had lots and we still have a lot of baby clothes but our real need is for for um, items for men and and always toiletries and of course always as, as you've so kindly said today and, and uh, have asked on our behalf for the electronic devices um, which are expensive uh, second-hand ones are absolutely fine and we put a sim card we we, we sort the the um phones out uh, and put a sim card with them and you and and then uh, give them to the and the recharging um uh, you know equipment and i'm not the expert on this <laughs> but we have uh, we know a man who can <laughs> and um so that's that's what we we do and uh, we buy second-hand um reconditioned uh laptops 
so that the children, there are school age children there uh, at the hotel and they hadn't been in education for months, months, um, bright children. And so uh, we managed this again, thanks to Joe, managed to get two into local high schools. Um, one is still there at the local high school. The other one has moved out. Uh, the the home office will move people um, actually really without much choice of uh, area. So we didn't know where they would be going. And uh, luckily the girl who was um, at our high school and has moved with her mum, uh, they are in Birmingham, so they're not too far away, but they will. she will obviously need a, a school uh, in Birmingham in, in her area. Um, uh, so, so that's... Thank you. Thank you, Janet, for that, for, for, for condensing that and summarising what we need. So, number one, volunteers. Two, clothes for men, babies, toiletries. Three, um, electronic devices, indeed, so that we can give it to the people, the asylum seekers themselves, and the children. And I think that was one of our questions from somebody before we came on air, actually, was asking us how many children there, because they were so amazed that there was children here that weren't receiving any education and how could they help so this is how you can help listeners please uh, think about this if you forgot the email address you just ring the studio or email the studio in and we can give you those address and connect you with uh, with janet and her team her wonderful team and everybody involved before the end of the show we have about 10 minutes or so left hamid let's go back to you indeed if you can let us know what kind of a typical day is like for you and everybody at the moment? Um, because it's it's difficult with COVID, we're all feeling the restrictions, but you're probably feeling it even more so because there's 135 of you in a small space. Uh, so how are you managing? How are you coping with the restrictions? And how many children are with you in, in the hotel that you're in? Uh, okay, first of all, uh, I want to... Uh, I want to say thank you to Janet and uh, Joe and the organization uh, called Bazaar, which Janet uh, just talked about it. It's a, a big help. It's a huge help for us. And since we got here, we have um, literally nothing. Uh, we need clothes and uh, some something some basic needs and uh, and luckily fortunately uh their organization the the charge janet talked to us was is very close to the hotel and uh, i would say every clothes that i have is from there uh, that bazaar and uh, it's yes it's very big help if they weren't I, I don't know what would we do if, if that their organization weren't and they didn't reach out to help us. I don't know what would we do. How did, how I myself, how could I get this clothes? And it's a, it's a big thing for us. And uh, the next thing about the language, learning language, learning English is very significant mm. for asylum seekers. Uh, their, their future depends on the, the English. And, uh, and very, very surprisingly, I don't know 
what's the reason of this law? There is a, a law that don't uh, don't don't allow the asylum seeker to attend college to learn English before six months. When uh, when they have to pass six months being in England, then they're allowed to attend to English courses. And it, it, it is not fair. It is not uh, good because uh, there is no reason for this six months, how would they learn English, which is very uh, necessary for them. And uh, I can't, I, I don't know. It doesn't compete for me. Why would, uh, why the six months? It, it would better... Mm, for example, one month. One month after arriving, they could uh, they could participate. They could uh, attend to English courses. That would very better than six months. And what the Janet and his her friends did, they 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 tried to help us with this area as well, and. Uh, and they asked me to to do an announce make an announcement if anybody there they need to uh, they need to attend to an english class and they started it's it's two weeks they have started this uh, this activity and uh, it will it will it will start the classes will start next week and it's like 20 or 30 people here that and the teachers are very uh, very kind and very well and it's like two like a tutor and the classes are not um, large number of students and it's very good because uh, when the, the numbers are small they could uh, the interaction would be bigger, would be more, and it's very good and and uh, it's it's a very good activity, it's a very good help from them. And like this, and as we need, we need people here need these courses, they need these uh, courses about English language because it's very very significant for them. I think that anybody could uh, identify that if you go to any country and if you don't speak the language of that country, you're lost uh, to even, you know, to greet people or to, if you want help or something or want directions or if you, if God forbid, there is a disaster or emergency that you need to ring for the sport, ring 999, what do you say then? So language is so important uh, to understand the, the basics for us then, and then build on that and I, I'm glad so glad that you you've got together and you've got all those turkey people learning how many children do you have at the moment with you actually <laughs> I don't know Janet knows better than me because uh, I'm not in touch I'm not in contact with the older people in the hotel I I have no idea actually Janet uh, she knows better than me about this area, but I just have met um, only because of this plan of the online English courses. 
I I get familiar with some of them, some of the Honduras family. There are two children with them, and one another family. I don't know about the rest. I just just um, because of that plan, I get a bit familiar with the people living uh, here in this hotel. Before that, I had no idea about the families. Mm. It is difficult, and we have. You know, I know it looks that you're all together, but there's no unified body that's organizing you all. Uh, I believe Jana said that you're the best person there that is getting the message across about the English message. So it's so difficult to be able to communicate with so many people, especially in COVID, because it's not as if you can go in in the lobby and announce something or uh, send me you know, this. It's very, very difficult in COVID. We're all at home, so it, it is hard. But hopefully, listeners, if you are tuned in, and you hear this message and you want to help, whether you want to volunteer your time or whether you have men's clothes, baby clothes or toiletries or those devices so that they actually can learn English and can get online to have that vital language and the children can do some of their education online, which is vital again for them that they keep learning. Please do contact Unity FM, contact the studio on 0121 or email studio at unityfm.net and the studio will pass on all this information to Janet to be able to pass it on to the asylum seekers and make sure that they get it and all her colleagues as well that are working with them. We were in the last minute of the show, how, how quickly things have gone. Is there any messages you both like to give in the last minute? Well, I suppose really, first of all, shokran. Thank you. Kathleen, so much for inviting us. What a wonderful opportunity it has been for Hamid to tell his story and for me to to tell you about what what is happening in Bromsgrove. 